Um, nice. you look jacked. My watch. Oh, yeah. I was saying Lean. you look jacked. Yeah, well, you know, been working out, getting my gains. Actually. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, kind of, not really. I don't know. My back, man, it's just not holding up. Ain't the and same. Your hair is shorter. Be. What's going on? You completely. Look oh well, that's because I'm balding. No, it like actually looks. But short. also, like, yeah, Kathleen cut my hair. Oh, okay. Oh hey, guess what? What? I'm proposing. <laughs> oh my god! What do you mean? Like this weekend. Why this weekend? And cut. <laughs> are you tr- are you serious? Yeah. No, I'm being serious. I'm being dead serious. Does she know? No. What do you I mean? mean do? It's been like uh, a long time yeah. coming. Totally. Yep. Yeah. Like we 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 had the conversation out in the open, and. It, it used to be one of those things where folks would tease me about it and I'd be like, ha ha, good one. Yeah. But I would never actually feel pressured. Yeah. Now it's actually, actually like an internal thing. Yeah. Where I'm just like, okay, you gotta, you know, get off your butt and yeah. do it. Do it. <gasps> what are you going to yeah. do? Can you tell me? Um. So it's, it's, the idea, the premise is, is like, she I not want... home? Like, how are you talking about this? Are you kidding? I, she's in a meeting right now. Okay, okay. I mean, it's up to you. I don't know. I don't know what the acoustics are like in that house. All right, I'll just, um, we'll talk about this after. We'll talk about this after. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> are you excited? Be, it'll be nice, yeah. Is it just going to be like an intimate okay. situation? It's like 90% excitement oh. and anxiety. I'm oh. so anxious. You don't even understand. Like a, like a speech that you're delivering, like that kind of anxiety? Uh, yes. Although I'm not going to be delivering a speech per se, but yeah, yeah. that kind of anxiety. That level. Yeah, yeah. So, so like 10% me, of it. Can you just tell me? 10% of it's relief. Um, So... Okay, we got to lean in close. Yeah. Um, so the idea is for her to spend the day with people that love her. Um, and then also it'll give us the chance to get her out of the house. It, mm. And then I'm going to decorate the place. And I basically the idea is I've printed out like 200 pictures of the last nine and a half years i cannot believe it's been that long i know seriously and i'm when she gets back from like hanging out with her friends um who are obviously in on it yeah um there's gonna be like rose petals everywhere candles lights and then we're just gonna i'm gonna walk her through the house which will just be like a journey of the last oh my god and reminisce on this picture was from here. You remember when we did this and we did that and we went on this trip. Remember this funny thing that happened? And at the end of it, I'm just going to 
get my knee dirty. Well, not dirty because it'll are be. Are you now. gonna cry? I yeah. Definitely, I, you I are think, definitely. I think the moment she walks in the door, we'll both start crying. Oh like I'll start God. crying, and then she'll be like, "Why are you <laughs> wearing a button-up? It's been a year." And then she'll see like the pictures, and then she'll start crying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Her... Well, what? Why now? Well, uh, a lot of things. I would say, like, I was probably going to do it last year. Oh. But except like, all of this happened. Yeah, a lot of like family stuff happened, and yeah. I couldn't. Yeah. And then um, it's about time. It's yeah. that's mainly it. It's like really? it's yeah. really about time. And um, her mom just happened to tell me that the Saturday is an auspicious date. Did you figure out the ring stuff? I remember last time we talked. It was oh like, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I've had the ring for like oh six, five, five, six months, and she knows oh, I have it. Oh, okay. So it's really like hello, like when yeah, yeah. Because she so hasn't. You don't think she's expecting it? She's expecting something soon, but I kind, I kind of um tried to make it obvious that we would do it like two, three weeks from now. Because, so the other reason is like, it's going to be in the house because if we were to go somewhere, it's like obvious, like, yeah. hey, let's go on a hike. Like what? Yeah. You have, okay, we haven't left go. the house in like 10 yeah, minutes. So, exactly. Yeah. So I, I think she'll be excited because like everything, basically like she's meeting up, like her brother is coming with her dogs, which she misses all the time. And then after her friends are like coming down from SF to pick her up and just hang out. And like all these things have kind of happened naturally. All, yeah. Did that feel natural to her? Yeah. Like I had her friends reach out first and be like, Hey, you know, we were supposed to catch up over zoom, but we missed it. So let's do something and we'll yeah. come down. And then later this week, like her brother will text and be like, Hey, I'm in the area. We're like, we're, and then she'll be like, Oh yeah, I'm only free in the morning though. And it's like, yeah, that's totally fine. Okay. Okay. And then it'll give me time to like set up everything set up. and then my sister's driving down after to drop off dinner which is like omakase that we ordered from this place in us or that i ordered from this place in us <sighs> i'm so excited for you congrats I, I i almost felt like crying when you were explaining it to me i'm so anxious really like what about just like just like having things delivered oh. and having to hide them yeah. and oh so like not out. ruining it just not ruining it yeah but then also like i don't know i i just want i just want her to feel loved oh my god Dion, i'm just oh so crying yeah you know what let me tell you a memory that i have of you Okay. When it was like the first year that we had like offsite together or something like that. Uh-huh. And we were in Monterey or so, I don't know, somewhere. Uh, Santa somewhere. Cruz. I don't remember. It was like some coast, Half Moon Bay, Half Moon Bay. What? Okay. And so it was like the night where everybody just has fun. And then you and I were hanging out. And then you came to mine and Maddie's room and you were... <gasps> very drunk 
Why does this sound so familiar? So you just like sat on a chair and like Maddie was in her PJs, like processing files for someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you started crying and I was like, Dion. And then you were like, I just love Kathleen so much. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God, I remember that. And then you were just talking about, I just remember you crying and saying you love her so much. And then you're like, hold on, Roshmi. Maddie, did you make sure to process the store file first and then you process <laughs> This man, this machine. <laughs> and then he came back and you're like, I just love her so much. Like, I will die if she dies. Oh, oh that's so I love good. to see it. I love to see that the culmination so of it. <laughs> I know. Wow. That was a great memory. Thank you for, like, researching yeah. that. Yeah, because I remember it was one of the first times I was like, wow, this is a good way to show vulnerability, you know? Like, mm-hmm. It's such a Get sweet wrong. thing. Yeah, it was just a nice way to know Dion and I have nothing but respect for him. And he just shared this beautiful nugget yeah. with me. I just loved that it was 100% unprompted. Like, I wasn't like, so Dion, tell me about your relationship. <laughs> you just came into our room and was overcome right. with emotion. It's like, yeah, I love to see right. my man. Do you... <sighs> I hate to like derail this train. Yeah. But when you started talking about that, I was like, oh yeah, great memory. Totally forgot about it. Brings all these great feelings. Yeah. But then a part of me was almost sad because there's this question of, will something like that ever happen again? Ooh. Like not because of COVID or whatever, but because- you know we're this older, is the like yeah at our next opportunity is it ever going to be the same yeah or do you that- mean, i guess i'm like not understanding do you mean like between you and i or do you mean co-workers between, oh between co-workers yeah yeah i thought you meant i don't know if this is what you meant i mean this could be an interpretation like that you will ever experience that first love again <laughs> and i was like uh, yeah maybe like when you have kids i don't know yeah yeah probably no to both huh right i mean that's the idea right yeah <laughs> or at least the idea is to not experience the first love part again yeah yeah i hear you wow exciting yeah. so life's been good or what life has been stressful yeah yeah like because of this or last time we talked yeah. no although although work is picking up it is yeah i mean i taught yeah, yeah i know yeah, you yeah. made it if you made a mistake that means you had to do some work to make a mistake right <laughs> that's how it happens uh, um i love that i love to hear it yeah. have you been watching the warriors let's just pivot no, real quick. absolutely not dion dude i don't Okay. Are you serious? Hold on. You know, there's like this movement, right? No. That just like NBA declining ratings, declining viewership, everything like that. No. The product is becoming a lot worse, man. Wow. What do you mean? Like the players themselves are just worse now? No, the players are better than they've ever been. But it's like the literal product. So a few things, right? Like refereeing. Everyone complains about that. Oh. They're just terrible. They decide games. It's inconsistent from game to game, et cetera, et cetera. 
COVID also doesn't help either because, you know, random yeah. teams will be out or have star players out and then the games just aren't as interesting. Um, but it's also like the sheer quantity, especially in today's age, right, where everything is like a Vine or not a Vine. Well, I feel like I just aged myself. A TikTok? I didn't because Vine was like three years Yeah, ago. Vine was Yeah, like a 10, 15 second video. Yeah. No one has time to sit through long games. And more importantly, no one has time to sit through long regular season quote unquote meaningless games. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Like baseball has it worse. Baseball, you play like a hundred and something, yeah, maybe. Crazy. And the it's games themselves that. are so long. Yeah, exactly. Um so yeah, that's that's basically why. Dang. Soccer, um, well, my viewership has increased 100 fold Yes. So that's like the other thing. I think at a macro level, everything's going down. But anecdotally, yeah. so many people I know that didn't maybe weren't like avid fans of the NBA yeah. or are like watching their t- they text me just like yo you watching the game I'm like yeah what? yeah 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 no yeah well because there's nothing else to do and it's fun to follow and now I'm so invested I am okay. so invested I okay. see, I get the anxiety now of watching games and not wanting your team to lose before <laughs> I was just like all right that was that wrapped that up but now I'm very invested yeah. all right so yeah let me quiz you Oh, you're okay. a fan, right? You're you're a Warriors fan, though. No? Yeah, yeah, I'm a Warriors fan. I want you to name ten people on the Warriors roster. Okay, I can I just say the last name? Sure. Okay, bless. Bonus <laughs> points if you know the first name. Though. Okay, Kelly Oubre Jr. Let's okay. go. Okay, and the junior. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, out of commission right now, but whatever. Something Toscano. Pascal, Bazemore, Wanamaker. Who else is in the second unit? Wait. Damian Lee. Brad Wanamaker is on our team. Was he the guy who like always looks sad and like confused? I don't know. See, I ask you that because I can't name. Him. Oh yeah. Okay. Then he is. I mean, I don't know. Are there a lot of Wanamakers? He's on the Celtics. No. <gasps> oh, he's on the Warriors now. He's not good. He's in second unit. Watch me throw around that term, second unit. Do you right. hear that? Yeah, I did. I did. Okay. Yeah. You said Wanamaker, Damian Lee. I think that was nine. What am I at? Nine? Oh. Yeah. One more. Dream on green, dude. No, Can you I already said. <laughs> okay, okay. Give me a second. It's gonna oh, come on. This is easy. It is? Yeah. Wait, just let me think. Oh, Wiggins. Oh, yeah. Andrew Wiggins. Oh, yeah. What about our first round draft pick? Who is it? Starting center. What? Starting big man. Wait, I already said Steph. What? No, the center. I don't know who. I don't know the positions. Oh, the the tall guy on the court, rookie. Looney. No, is Looney still on the team? No, <laughs> God, I don't know what you're talking um, about. There's no tall guy. James. What? James what? Wiseman, dude. Okay, here's why I don't know him is because right. he's not played for the last eleven. Okay, let's say two weeks ago he didn't play for eleven games. He did oh, not play. See, I'm just exposing. Yeah, him. yeah. He's like been so he's basically second unit. I don't know. I think he got injured. I don't know why he was out. He was out for a really long time. He was good, but now he's like doesn't play a lot of minutes because he's not that good and doesn't Wait, know the team. Am I a fake Warriors fan? Yeah, you totally are. Wiseman barely. I don't think he starts. All right, let me let me look at this guy's game log. 
Mm-hmm. Oh my. Look at it. And then tell me why he was injured because I don't know. Or I don't know why he wasn't playing 11 games. Wow. I, I literally feel like. Yeah, that was a scam. You were like, you know what? You tell me what you know. And then yeah. you knew <laughs> Oh God. wow, you're so right. What happened? What is this five 13 games? I don't know. Why was he out? Why did James Wiseman? He's not that good anymore, dude. He doesn't have a connection with the team. It doesn't say. It just says like DMP, but it doesn't give a reason. It would say COVID if it was COVID, right? Yeah, I caught somehow I think he had an injury, but I don't know. All right, whatever. Wow. Okay. I'm a true fan. Yeah. You okay, are. let's yeah. go. Okay. Yeah, okay. this weekend I saw some of my friends and I was talking about the Warriors and they were like, what? Like, you know <gasps> things? And I was like, yeah, dude, like I know. Here's what I think that this is what I like about the team right now. Because Clay is injured, I feel like all these like second unit people are getting a lot of court time and they're just getting uh-huh. so much better. Example, yeah. Kelly Oubre Jr. That okay. man's a beast. He's a maniac. Okay. okay. Pascal. Oh, yeah. my God. Pascal is – I don't know if he's – a lot of people would think he's the best, but he's just like a brick wall when he okay. penetrates the paint. Oh. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Yeah. Give me the um, full scouting report. All right. Um, Wiggins, honestly, I think there – weren't there a lot of high hopes for him? Because he was – I there, feel like uh, a I lot think of high hopes. That's like the theme of his basketball career. Was a lot of high hopes. There, yeah, exactly. That's what I think again happened. He's pretty good. He's pretty reliable. I think like Kelly Uber Jr. is like he his he's so amazing. He like hits threes really reliably. Um, has really good layups. Uh Plays really well. Have you seen Wiggins smile? (laughs) No, he's so serious. This guy's the most infectious smile in the league. Look this up, Andrew Wiggins smile. Oh my gosh! And like really? all the videos of him laughing or smiling, you're just like you're. He seems so young. How old is yeah. he? Oh, he was twenty six. Yeah, he's twenty six. This is oh like his seventh year in the league or something, no? Oh, he like he's really top? composed. I feel. Really. Yeah, I think he's really cool. I like I like how he plays. I just wonder, so, okay, one thing can we talk about is that team culture thing. I liked when you were telling me small blur, but I want to go into it more. Like how teams, how different, and if you can give me some examples of how different teams um, like highlight their players or they create like a team culture. And let me tell you what I observe of the Warriors and then you can tell me more about Steve Kerr. Yeah. Are we turning into a sports podcast? Are we? (laughs) okay whoops um okay here's what i'm observing about the warriors they'll reliably have their starting lineup be like steph curry kelly Oubre jr draymond green maybe wiseman usually wiggins that's like people were starting then they'll play for about like maybe nine percent of the first quarter then put in second unit for like the last few minutes and then sec and then second quarter 50% 50% is the first unit, then second unit plays for like half the time. And we usually like don't maintain our lead or are slipping a lot more. Yeah. Um, and then like, depending on the outcome of that, yeah. like Steph Curry comes back. So one thing that's good about that though, I think, well, I think there's pros and cons. I think the pros are that all these people are getting a lot of like time on the court, which yeah. means they're developing their skills. Even if they mess up, they have some padding that like Steph and Draymond are going to come back on the court and like help right. finish it off. But the con is that 
uh, they don't circulate like the second unit never circulates with Steph or Draymond. So like, when are they getting to practice with people who are good. really good and will set them up for a good, like assist them to a good, yeah. to a good shot. I don't, I'm not sure if that's a strategy at all, but I feel like they just never get to play like that. And then Uber got to do that all the time. And now is like playing really, really well. Cause he knows how to play with Steph and right. Draymond. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, it's just like a coaching decision, obviously, but it's difficult. It's um, kind of what you're touching on the whole, like second unit bench yeah. players, not getting to play with a lot of starters or certain starters sometimes. Um, that's like a small example of many players like a Kelly Oubre who've only learned how to lose throughout their NBA career. So it's, Wait, it's, give me some background on Oubre. He played tangentially the Suns. Related. Yeah, he was on the Suns. Yeah. I think he was drafted by the Suns. I think he's only ever been on the Suns, I believe. Oh, whoa, okay. And he was kind of the same player then. Um, I think people had not like high, high hopes, but people had hopes for him, but the Suns, at least the last 10 years have just been a losing team ever since like the Steve Nash era, they've just been a losing team. One of the worst owners in the league. Um, and they've just been like the laughing, one of the laughing stocks of the league. And so when you're, when you're there for so many seasons, losing so many games, you basically learn to lose, how to play losing basketball because there's no other way you're taught, no other repetitions. Um, and so in that similar vein, like, I don't think it's realistic for every bench player to, let's say, play with Steph, right? Yeah. It's just, it's just not going to work from like a fit standpoint, from a need, rest, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, there is a lot of truth in giving these guys minutes. I mean, yeah. some of the most exciting teams that people always talk about from season to season are honestly like the losing teams where they're, they're deep in the sense that like many of the players get minutes there's no real superstar just yet and they're losing, but they're kind of winning some games enough to generate some buzz. Yeah. And most of the times it's like young teams, right? So you have folks three, four, five years in in terms of tenure in the league, Uh, like the nets before this season or last season, rather the Suns, um, the Hawks, uh, people get excited about them because they they're young and they play with excitement and then they bond. It's kind of like Medallia where we were all young and we all bonded together. Um, but what often happens is like, and we're, we're digressing a bit, but what often happens is like for the net to perfect example is you then trade all those young growing promising mm-hmm. assets for superstars. And sometimes it works out like in the Nets case, sometimes, and most of the times it doesn't. And it ruins that like growing culture. But on so, the flip side, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, my question is, what are the pros and cons of facilitating these? I guess from what we talked about before, like there's two types of cultures. This one where you like create a team and let team like lots of people have minutes on the court. Whereas 
there are others. What's that guy named? Tibido. Tibido. Tibbs, yeah. Tom Tibido. <laughs> yeah. Thomas, Thomas as you said. <laughs> as I say, ah! Thomas Tibido. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where he like only places superstars. What is the pro what are the pros and cons of each of those? I don't I'll say like I've never coached an NBA team. Oh, so, really? Yeah, never. Uh the okay. most like no, the no. highest level basketball I played was like sixth grade JV sure. basketball. Okay, got it. Um, but I I should say that like typically people who don't play deep rosters, like Tibbs, who's like six seven people deep at max, and starters are playing forty plus minutes a game. I think they can win in the long run in terms of like regular season, but I don't think they win the championship that often. Mm. I don't like have great examples that come to my head, but I just feel like they just won't because Mm. one cons are you just get tired after a whole season, you know? And then you get into the playoffs and it's even more intense, but you have so many minutes on your body. But then two, there's like very little risk management. So when a starter goes down, you're playing 40 minutes a game, you have a bench player who's just like, oh, I used to play three minutes a game in garbage time. And now I got to play even 18. Yeah. They don't know how they fit in. They don't have the repetitions, right? Like you were saying with Uber. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So personally, like I don't, the only pro that I can see is you play your best players most of the time. Yeah. That's the idea behind it. And I'm sure for Tibbs, a lot of it's like a trust factor. He, in yeah. every place he's gone, like even now he has Derrick Rose on the Knicks, right? He's coaching the Knicks, right? Yeah. He has Derrick Rose on the Knicks who he coached on the Bulls. He's so good. Yeah. Who he also coached on the Wolves. Oh, he like, has I a think long-standing for, relationship. Yeah, I think for Tibbs, a lot of it is like a trust thing. I see. Um, so, okay, then for, let's say, people who are like Titans right now, like LeBron James and Steph Curry. Yeah. I don't know. If, I think Steph Curry is a Titan. I don't know if anyone, everyone agrees. Yeah. Um, like these people who are well-known, KD, all these people, do you think that they – like how would they navigate this type of team culture thing yeah because obviously contract complicates it like if you're just gonna like javale mcgee yeah he's on what is he on right now he's not on the lakers anymore he's, he's on the Cavs. he's on the Cavs. i was like what Cavs. are you doing on the Cavs? he's on the Cavs. he's on the Cavs. okay fact check yeah. me fact check me yeah. real quick wow if you get this right i'm pretty sure he's on the Cavs. Oh my God. He's on the Cavs. Wow. You're such a fan. <laughs> so what, like what I'm saying here is yeah. for these star players, like what do you think they prefer or is it different per player? Um, It's, it's mostly like if, I mean, I think it just honestly, the for star players you're saying, or for yeah. any player. No, oh, no. Okay. Star players. Um, I would say it depends on like personality. Oh, to say. like sometimes so. they just want to play the full game and they want everything to be about them. And other times they're like, I yeah. want to help out the team and develop the team. Yeah. Like I think. Like, so am I being 
close-minded and thinking that developing the team seems like the right way to go like it feels like that's the correct thing to do well i it's it's kind of like a similar model to like the way mj or kobe led a team which Mm. was winning basketball but they were ruthless versus maybe let's say like how stuff uh i see what you're saying right both methods i think work they've been proven to work to me, it's a question of like, if I was just a random schmuck, an average NBA player, which is not a schmuck, but like a, an average, the average NBA player probably wants to play on a team where it's more friendly, more accommodating, where they're getting more minutes. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's what I would say so. But if you're not the average, like if you're Steph or if you're right. LeBron, yeah, you don't necessarily want that, right? You don't necessarily right. want it. Or I guess it's not, yeah, it depends on your personality, but you don't have to want the thing that's best for the team. You can just be like, right. I'm going to take us to a championship and mm-hmm. we're going to do whatever it takes to get us there. Right, right. So, okay, here's my follow-up question then. Yeah. Let's imagine that we're on the Lakers and LeBron mm-hmm. James, James has just come off a championship. We're on his team. Mm-hmm. AD is on, like, just a lot of great players. Yeah. Would you rather be a Lakers player and you get three minutes of game time or, or on like the Warriors, let's say like eighth in the West that you get potentially more time on a lesser team. I think it will depend on this. I think is actually kind of universal. I think it depends on like where you're at in your career. Okay. Right. So you typically on like LeBron James led teams, which a lot of times seem like mercenary type teams. You just have vets that go on like a veteran minimum because they just want to win a title. Oh, You're so rarely... we're just creating a championship team. Like you just right. need to be very good. Yeah. And have played for a while. Yeah. You rarely get like that middle class up and coming player trying to make a name for himself to join a LeBron James team because it's like, I know if I go there, the spotlight's not going to be on me. Especially if I'm trying to get that next contract. Or especially if especially if um, I'm trying to get paid, if I'm trying to make a name for myself. Oh, wait. Okay, right? let's say you're the middle middle class NBA player. Yeah. You come on to LeBron's team, your contract is smaller? Uh, no, not necessarily. But it's more like, am I going to get the same opportunity to shine than I would if I was on the Warriors playing 28 minutes a game and getting stats, right? Like that gives me a higher chance of getting a bigger contract. And the other thing I would say is like a LeBron James team every year is a team that's expected to win. So like, what was it? Three years ago when LeBron first joined the Lakers, it was him and all these young kids, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Kevin Kuzma, or Kyle Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma, yeah. Kyle Kuzma, right? What happened? Yeah. Most of them got traded for AD. So the other thing is, like, if I'm an average player, that probably means I'm making an average salary. And in the NBA today, average salaries are, like, prized because they're really good trade assets. It's Can really hard to that? trade. So in the NBA, the way trades work is like if I'm giving you one player worth 
$30 million, making $30 million a year, I need to get in return assets that more or less equal $30 million a year. Okay. 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 So if you think about it, if I'm a superstar, I'm making 40, how are they going to trade me? Nobody else will match. Yeah. One for one superstar. That doesn't make sense. Or if it's oftentimes one superstar for like a ton of picks, right. That are valued at X amount which oftentimes aren't good either. So it's those middle players, those like 10, 12, 15, $18 million oh, a year players that get treated, that get thrown in and deals because they're, they're good enough to want, but not good enough to like, I have to keep him. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened with James Harden? All I know is that he was on some team and then like didn't train all summer and now is looking thick and is now on the team he wants to be on. Yeah, I, that's a that's a great way to put it. So uh, James Harden, I mean, there's a lot of narratives about so him. So he I'm forced the trade. He forced the trade. Yes, he essentially forced the trade. He was you like, can't voluntarily be like, I'm not playing on this team. Oh, you guys, you're bound by contract. Correct. Yeah, unless you want to just like, yeah, nullify your contract. They still want to. That's the thing. They still want to get paid. Get paid. And that's why a lot of people have like. I think player empowerment is good, but in this player man player empowerment era a lot of people have issues with it because if i'm a player and i sign a contract you go in knowing like oh i'm signing a five-year supermax that means for five years i'm gonna get paid a lot of money every year right but a lot of times what happening is like by year two they're like ah we ain't winning i'm out and it's like well what like you signed a deal And granted, granted, right, the team could trade you too. And no one really seems to care much about that, which is like- And null the contract. No, no, no. You you trade your contract to someone else. So you're still getting paid. It's just by a different team. Oh, wait. Okay, tell me if I understand this right. Let's say I'm on the Lakers. I get a five-year contract getting paid $100 million, something like that. Yeah. Then I get traded to the Warriors- Warriors will still have to maintain my five-year contract or however many years left contract with however much money left on that original contract. Yes. But you will, no matter what. So let's say you have five-year contract, hundred million, 20 million a year. Let's just say it's flat. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. Normally never flat, but let's say it is at the end of year two, you've already been paid 40. Yep. You have three years, 60 million left. I trade you. You will always, no matter what, get that three or 60. You might be on a different oh. team. And it might or, be a different like volume for years. Right. You can always like renegotiate terms. I with see. The you can restructure the deal. And that's so that there's means even, con- yeah, yeah. There's even cases where like, I want you off my con off my book so badly that I'm going to trade you and I'm going to pay for part of that contract. So you hear a lot of stories of like teams that got rid of a player, but three years later, they're still paying part of that salary. Well, just to get them off. Yes. Yeah. So but no matter what, you'll this, get your money. It's guaranteed. And this contract is with NBA then? Like it kind of sounds like it doesn't super matter your team. You're getting paid out. Uh, it, it is. It's like with the team, but then when uh, you get traded, your rights get traded. I see. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah. 
So, okay. Then can you tell me about, for example, someone like Steph, what would his contract look like? And you, in, huh? So I think he's up in like a year. He's a free oh, agent. Really? Yeah. So he can go to whatever team he wants. Theoretically, yes, but oh, but that's like that's like he can go to whatever team if they want him to. Obviously, he if he's a free agent, I don't I forget what his thing is, but if he's a free agent, which he will an unrestricted free agent, he can just go wherever he wants. He can go wherever. Yeah, there's there's no there's nobody no has to pick him. Oh, oh, right. right. <laughs> he's like Someone I'm joining the Lakers. Him. Someone has to want him too. Correct. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, someone okay, has to okay. pay him. But, but yes, he can choose wherever he wants to go. The reason why the, the NBA, there's, well, we're getting to salary cap stuff, which is like a whole like black hole of things. But essentially, the NBA structure, the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, which is like the terms of finances and deals and what's allowed and what's not allowed agreed upon between players and owners. There's something that helps teams retain talent, which is this thing called bird rights named after Larry Larry bird, which essentially is if you're on a team for a long time, they can offer you more money than any other team can. That's the gist of it. So like, let's say Steph's a free agent because he's been with the Warriors for X amount of time. The the Warriors can offer him, let's say 120 million over five years. Oh, whereas everyone can. uh, Yeah. Wait, I thought salary cap applied to team level. Yes, yes. But there are like a million exceptions. Okay, okay. And okay. bird rights is one of them, I think. You can like, you can offer a person more money than anyone else can offer them. And I believe part of that more money doesn't fully, like, because if I pay you 120, everyone can only pay you 100. Mm. But out of the 120, only 110 goes on the books i see like it doesn't something deduct like from the other team players or whatever something like that yeah i don't huh. i don't i don't know the exact thing but that's kind of the gist yeah okay 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 so so now let's say we are all both on the lakers okay and i mean we kind of talked about this but like this idea i think you told me there's like a role player or something like that right, where right, like right, right. lebron is yeah. there yeah. And I am a function to LeBron. Like I'm just here to play to his strengths. Yeah. Do they always do that? Like when there's a star player, there's someone to play to his strengths. Typically. So because of the way the, the NBA operates and, and more of like, because of how basketball as a sport is played, basketball is probably the sport out of all sports where individual talent can carry a team. Uh, and that's just partly because of the fact that there's less people on the court at one time, just the way the pace of the game moves, uh, like, and how everyone can theoretically control the ball, right? If, yeah. Like in football, the quarterback is the one that decides who to throw it to, mm-hmm. right? So you can be the best receiver ever, but if no one throws you the ball, you won't have an impact, mm-hmm. theoretically. Mm-hmm. So because of that, because of how basketball is such an individual driven sport, typically 
when you have a superstar on your team, you build the team around your superstar. And I mean, we can get into like the psychological effects of role players and stuff like that and whether or not that's ultimately great for a team or whatever it is, but that's just how it works. Mm. Like there's a reason in every team that Katie has gone to, they've been good. Sometimes they won a championship, sometimes they haven't, but they've been good because he's good. So it would make the most sense to like, okay, let's bring in some players that can complement him, right? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Is there no alliance of like Katie, like when Katie was on the Warriors, there's mm-hmm. no ally or like, you know what I mean? Loyalty to the Warriors. Rather, it's like, I'm just getting a fat contract with this other right. team. I'm going to go there. So that's the debate right now. It's that's that's the whole loyalty to the team is actually the entire like root problem that drives this whole player player empowerment era. And it's because it's kind of like a, a double standard, right? As fans, when LeBron, for example, left Cleveland for the first time, the decision, you know about that, to go to the Heat, right? Yeah. Uh, he, when he say, uh, wait, when he came back, he was like, I'm back or something like that? Yeah. No, that was, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm back as MJ. Well, yeah, I was like, uh. Different goat. Um, <laughs> fans and the owner was just like so pissed at him. How could you leave us? The team that like drafted you, that raised you. No, 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 no. Where's your loyalty to the city, to the fans, to the team? Yeah. Yeah. But then the next day they can go, the team can just trade you as a player. And it's a business decision. Yeah. So like, I think a lot of players in this age just got sick of it. It's just like, what the hell? Like, this makes no sense. If you're going to give, if you can just do whatever you want, like, where's your loyalty to me? Yeah. Now it's almost swayed the complete opposite way, which is like in James Harden is like the peak example of this because it was also recent where and why a lot of people have a problem with this because for the past, was it six years? The Rockets have done everything in their power to give James Harden what he wants. Superstar after superstar, role player after role player, system after system. This guy is a great player. He had high, one of the highest usage rates in the whole league. If you tuned into a Rockets game at any point in the last six years, chances are you would be watching him dribble, dribble the ball, dribble, dribble, dribble. This is what like Charles Barkley and Shaq are like known for this meme. Dribble, dribble, dribble. Because it would just be him dribbling the ball and four other people spaced out. Just standing there like this, waiting. In case James passes me the ball, I'm going to take this corner three. And like oh. everything they did was catered around making James happy, putting him in a system where his offensive skills can thrive. And once again, he's a great player. Yeah. They just had bad luck. They got injured some years. They went up against the Warriors. They choked one year. And then it seemed like they did everything for James, the player. The outcome just wasn't there. They just didn't win. Now all of a sudden, James like, I'm out. I can't win yeah. with these, these scrubs. I'm out. Wait, was his narrative, I can't play with these scrubs? Or was his narrative, like, the owners are doing me dirty? Like, was it actually, I can't play with these scrubs? I would say, like, externally speaking, everyone was like, the oh. team is just different. Like, they got rid of the GM, mm. Daryl Morey. They traded some players away. It was just kind of like it's, it's it's the end of the line for this this run, 
And he was like, I just can't do this anymore. I'm out. So he didn't show up to training. He didn't show up to camp. This is all during COVID. And yet he would appear in videos where he's like at a strip club. Yeah. You know, and all that stuff. And he was just like, I'm just not, I'm not showing up. I, I ain't coming. And so obviously people were like, what the hell? Like, this wasn't like a situation where, you know, you stuck with the team for so long and they just did you dirty every time. Yeah, they didn't yeah. trade, they drafted yeah, yeah. horribly, et cetera, et cetera. No, this was like every year there was constant effort to improve the team and you made deep runs. And on top of that, a lot of the reasons why they didn't actually win was because of James. Oh, man. Like during the playoffs, he would choke. That's what he's known for. So he like embodies his recent free agent, free agency or it's not even free, but his recent trade and his force out of the Rockets embodies like the ultimate contentious debate between player empowerment and have we gone too far? Hmm. Um, well, how much do you consider like each of these players as individual business entities? Like I kind of get the argument of one of these players saying like, I, this is a bit, this is my job. Like this right. is a business and I need right. to like make money. And yeah. I'm going to take that contract, like yeah. wherever it is. Yeah. I think the only problem though, is when it, I think it, the, one of the biggest issues is it comes down to the contract is like, what's a good example of this? I'm trying to think of someone. There's got to be a really, really, really good, easy example. I just can't think of this. Anyway, it's like when a superstar is on a losing team. And they decide to sign a massive contract. Like with five losing, years. With yeah, with team. the losing team. They're up. The, the team, because they've been on the team for so long, they can pay them more, right? They're like, okay, I'll take the super max deal. But they sign that contract for five years, six years, knowing that, well, right now, really, they really suck. But because you sign a contract, the team's locked in. Their financials are locked. Oh. So now the, now the other transactions they make are influenced by this deal then two years later you're like ah, i'm out like y'all i y'all didn't do enough for me i'm out that's when it kind of people don't like that because it's like dude when you sign the contract yeah you already sucked you're the one who chose to stay and you chose money over winning yeah, and now see. two years in when you haven't even given it the full ride like you're just leaving i think that's where people have a problem with it and when they say i'm leaving is it usually like Cause I'm trying to quit. It's so foreign of a concept. This thing, first of all, of role players, because I was trying to relate it to work, right? Like there's no way we would do that at work where we would say Dion is our superstar. Roshi, you're just going to compliment him by just doing some data analysis skills right. on the side. But Dion is the one that we're supporting right. here. We're creating a system around Dion. Like they just would never do that. So then when I say I'm leaving here for a better opportunity to grow my skills, or let's say I am the superstar and I still say I'm leaving here for a different opportunity to grow my skills in a different domain. Like that part feels like it doesn't translate to the NBA where like LeBron saying I'm leaving here. Let's say it's not because owners did him dirty, but just like I'm leaving this team to go try this next team. Yeah. Like what are the reasons behind that other than money? Like, do they say anything or, or like it's either money or like the owners did me dirty or like this team is not supportive yeah. of me or and it's what? winning like a better chance oh i want to win or it's look and this is partly why there's like all these various things in the cba but like 
why would I want to live in, no offense, oh, Oklahoma City? I see. And this gets into the, a wholly separate conversation, which is a small market versus a big market team. Like, why wouldn't I just want to go to L.A., play for the Lakers at Staples, or go to the Knicks, even though ownership sucks, play at Madison Square Garden, live in New York? That's another thing. Um, but to your point earlier, I would say there's like two things to call out, right? The first is maybe explicitly no one would ever be like, all right, Roshni, you're just going to analyze the data for Dion. But I think this actually happens more commonly than you think implicitly, right? What like one superstar salesperson or superstar whatever gets the best yeah. accounts. You're just That's on true. there to like pull the, re- like a junior person to pull the reports for them. That's but they're true. the ones doing the readouts. They're the ones talking to the client. Yeah. I mean, part of that's training experience and all that, but I think it does happen. I see. Yeah. And like, I think the structure of this is a really difficult account and we're going to put these people on it is right. implicitly saying, we think these people can handle this yeah. difficult situation. Yeah. I guess the explicit nature of it in the NBA is pretty jarring, you know, like let's say you couldn't pick up on these signs, then you would just be happily swimming in your little org and being like, all right, right. I'm just doing whatever this role, I'm just pulling data for Dion. Like I'm just right. pulling data for Dion. But then in the NBA, they'll say, but Dion's the best one. And Roshni, you're just supporting him because you're not as good as him. And right. you're like, everything is going to tell you you're not as good. That, that's I, just crazy. Yeah. I think a more apt comparison would have been at Medallia, Dion's the superstar. And let's say we have a finite budget, which we do. We paid Dion a lot. Yeah. So all the other people we hire, we're going to have to pay them less. Yeah. And the people that will accept that job yeah, yeah, probably yeah. are like, you know, subpar, probably don't have a lot of ambition. They're just going to do the work. So let's go ahead. Let's sign Dion to this massive contract and let's hire yeah. Roshni, this non-ambitious scrub and pay her yeah. 50% of the market rate. Yeah. But then what happens if two years later, Dion's like, oh, I'm out. Yeah. The company's going to be like, what? We budgeted you to be. You're going like, to leave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you're going to leave us with all these 50%. Yeah. yeah. Subpar scrubs. That That's kind of like. the Yeah, yeah. I yeah. hear you. Yeah. So yeah. that's, yeah. So that's when coming back to that first thing of team culture, that's when that team gets shafted. If that superstar right. says I'm leaving, you built a system around me, but I'm leaving. And right. then all these scrubs who played three minutes per game are like, I thought I just stood here at the three and like yeah. have waited to shoot my three and nobody yeah. ever passed it to me. Like, yeah. wow. Can yeah. you tell me a little bit about this role player psychology? Yeah, honestly, like it's bizarre to me because everyone in the NBA is like the top of the top. They're like the best of the best. But even the worst, if you were a rank all 300 something, I don't know, whatever players in the NBA, even the number 300 NBA player could easily, easily beat any non-NBA player. Wow. Most likely. Yeah. Even like a division one college athlete. Wow. Because like the level of skill, the training, the competition, the physical, whatever, like is so high. So these people are like the, the best of the best. 
And they've been the best of the best when they were in middle school, in high school, maybe even on their college team. Heavily recruited, all these articles about them. Oh, can YouTube I pause here. you quickly just for yeah. me to get a sense of the numbers? Like, yeah. let's say at UCLA, yeah. uh, how many people are on a basketball team? 12, 13, 14. Okay. 15. Like, that's the whole team. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So, of those 15 people, one person would get drafted to the NBA, maybe, or reliable. Uh, let's put it this way if you were to take the whole pool of all colleges, yeah, yeah, all Division One programs, yeah, it'd probably be less than one. Yeah. Oh my god! But if oh, you're only god. talking about like the Dukes, the Kentucky, yeah, okay, I, see, I hear you, I hear you, yeah, I hear you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, but you're D- saying all D one schools with a basketball yeah. program, less than one person. It's probably less. Yeah, it's definitely less than one. I would, yeah, I would be surprised if it's even yeah, that makes sense. Out. It seems like a lot for every single school to get an NBA player out of that. Yeah, okay, exactly. okay, I hear you. Okay, so very small, and then in the NBA total, three hundred players ish. Right. So these people are like. Crazy. They're the best, and they've been told yeah. they're the best their whole life. And they probably have, you know, freaking yogurt commercials, local yeah. yogurt commercials yeah. after them. And then they get to the NBA, and it turns out I'm not as good as LeBron. So then you ask them to be LeBron's role player. I never really understand how that works. Mm. Because if you talk to everyone, individually they're gonna be like oh i'm the best player in the nba and i many people i fully believe that but there's got to be a large portion of people that know that like but i'm not as good as LeBron. Uh, okay i think you make LeBron's a really interesting point here. Yeah. yeah because their personalities are also the type to be i want to be number one like the nature of a right. pro athlete is to win because right. i was thinking if i'm in that right. situation whatever i'm gonna ride on the coattails of lebron james like yeah sure i'll be your role player that's better than being nothing i'm right. getting paid cash right. like but their personalities are i have to win like i need to win and i need to be the best right. yeah it's yeah. a good point so the, I would say the interesting thing there is like, there is something that I think helps a lot, which is tenure. Like when you join an NBA team, I'm a fresh out of college, 20, 21 year old. My teammates are probably be 23, 25, 27, 30, 32. Just like when you join the workplace, you probably thought you were a hot shot when you joined Medallia. Mm-hmm. You got there. You might still think I'm the best. I'm going to be the best. Mm-hmm. but you also recognize hey there's a lot there's a vp yeah there's yeah, a director yeah. and they've been doing this for a long time and maybe i'm better than them maybe i can be better than them one day but i can learn from them for now yeah so i think that helps a bit and you oftentimes don't see that problem of like a younger player who is a superstar highly touted playing 10 minutes a game their rookie year because they i think they understand even though i'm gonna be the best i got a lot not right now, now. Yeah, not right. Where so, you but does it happen problem. where the role? Pl- yeah. Oh, you might get into this where the role player is like similar tenure to the superstar. Yes. And this typically happens on young teams. And I would say mostly only on young teams. So, the perfect example is the Atlanta Hawks. So, Trey Young is like the quote unquote superstar on the team, right? He's young. I think he's what, four years in or something like that. I don't remember. But he plays a style of basketball that is, uh, like he has a high usage rate. He needs the ball in his hands. He's going to facilitate. He's like, he jacks up a lot of crazy threes. The Hawks team in general is very young. They have a lot of other young players too that are probably within one or two years of trade, younger or older. 
But Trey gets the limelight. He gets the interviews. He gets the commercials. He gets the all-star bids, except for this year. Um, And now you're hearing through the woodwork, other teammates are complaining. I don't understand why we play like this. I don't understand why, why don't we try a different, like they're role players, but they're unhappy about it. Partly, probably because they see like, wait, but he's my peer. Yeah. No, like what's the deal? So yeah. Wow. Very interesting. All right. Now that I'm a basketball expert, maybe we should pivot industries for our podcast. I honestly feel like we'll have so much to talk about. I can't, like, I still have a million questions. Like, it's just such an interesting concept with such high egos in one place. How is it functioning? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't. And, like, relatively peacefully on the court. Right. I don't know. And like, if you equate that to like Hollywood, for example, I don't even know if that's an apt comparison, but just like so much crazy stuff is always happening in Hollywood because their egos are mad big and like just drama all the time. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm just not tapped into drama and basketball, but it feels like relatively, like they're just gigging around with each other. I don't know. I probably am pretty nice. Yeah, it's crazy to me. So interesting. Well, I hope the listeners enjoyed a full deep dive into basketball. basketball. Hour. <laughs> LOL. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, my dude. Yeah, yeah. Have a good weekend, all right? Oh, I'll have a great weekend. Oh, Hopefully. yes. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I'll hear about it next week. Okay. Okay. Bye, dude. Bye. <laughs> If you liked what you heard, send us an email at inlifepod at gmail.com for a question you'd like us to discuss. Thanks for listening.